0: Welcome everyone to this special episode of FF Plus. I'm your host, Aaron White, and joining me tonight is my best friend and co-host, Patrick.
1: What's up? It's good to be here. I feel like I'm a guest, but I'm not. I'm just sort of in and here, so it's good to it's good to be here in an official capacity, even though I'm here branding-wise most of the time with you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a very complicated but accurate way to describe it. You are sort of a guest. I thought the same thing. I almost described you as a guest, but you're not really. You can come anytime you want. Honestly, you just don't. Uh, so (laughs) I don't
1: have the critic status like you do. So I, I really, that's true. I guess you, I can't fit in that door just yet. (laughs) Wouldn't, wouldn't
0: do much good for you to show up, but you could listen.
1: I'd be like, yeah, "Yeah, that's probably a good movie. I'm going to trust you. That's good. So, my reaction is a fan reaction. Like, I look forward to seeing that in three weeks.
0: (laughs) Or that sounds like junk. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. (laughs) Well, folks, we are not here to talk about new releases in this episode. I thought that for our last FF plus of the 2022 year, we would do a little special bonus content here together, something fun, something just kind of loosey-goosey, where we get together. We are actually going to be putting together a list of our feel and Film favorites, and I will describe what that means here in just a second. But before we jump into that conversation, we have a quick announcement to make. We are absolutely delighted to announce that as of January 2023, we are joining an incredible group of podcasts in the Now Playing Network. We are grateful to Chicago film critic Jim Lekazowski for letting us be a part of this and excited to share with you in coming episodes about the many other awesome shows that are part of the NPN. So for now, feel free to check out their website at nowplayingnetwork.net. More information to follow, more ads probably for those specific shows that we'll be running in future weeks and months. But we're really excited to be. A part of that. Hope you'll check them out as well. Okay, so our goal for this show is to come up with a list of movies that serve as a snapshot of what we value most in cinema. So, to do that, we are going to go through a series of categories and favorite genres, each bringing up a few films that we think are representative of our shared taste. Then we're going to talk it out until we can make a choice. So it's sort of like we're determining a Hall of Fame, if it were, if you want to think of it like that. There will probably be some wheeling and dealing at some point, and we are not going to be above returning to a previously decided category and changing it, if need be, either. This is our list. We will do what we want. (laughs) So nothing is locked until the credits roll. It's really that simple. We're just going to kind of build it out from there as we go not too complicated should be fun
1: and hopefully Uh, we end
0: up with it will oh no it will be
1: complicated no 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 it's guys he's lying to you it's going to be complicated we're not just going to be like yeah that sounds good no this is this is one of the few nights when we're going to disagree with each other most of the time the movies we pick the discussions we have we're pretty much on point even if we disagree on a few nitpicky things about a movie we overall are going to give it a thumbs up because that's who we are. Feel and film. We're going to celebrate the movies that really make us feel something good, bad, or ugly. We're not going to be the trashy podcast. But here, when we're picking basically our cinematic children and who's the best, yeah, we're we're going to be disagreeing. And if we don't, then one of us is lying and it will not be me. So I'm just giving you that as a, as a heads up. That's how it's going to be.
0: I really wish I had like a, a soundboard and I could have done a needle drop right there for, for Avril and like... <laughs> Why you gotta go and make things so complicated? You know, like that would have been perfect. <laughs> would have been oh, oh, sorry. Future plans. Future no, plans. you're right. It, it is. <laughs> we're we're picking between favorites, like you said. We're gonna be having to kill some darlings here. It's one A over one B over one C is the arguments that we're gonna have to have, yeah. and, yeah. I feel like we should just start with our maybe favorite genre, because why not make it just really nasty right off the bat, right? It can
1: only get better from here, right? It can only get better. Easy, <laughs> That's true. So,
0: maybe from here. so we're picking 15, by the way, listeners, total. 15 films. We have 13 categories, and then we have two wildcard spots to give us a little bit of flexibility here. First, we're going to start with science fiction, which we have a shared... Deep, deep love for, of course. And the way we did this is we all, we all, we all, both of us <laughs> made. A, we a, two, <laughs> goodness gracious, Uh, we made lists off to the side of uh, you know some of the things that we thought were our shared favorites, and then we'll build off of this from there. So, Patrick, why don't you tell me what you got on your list, and then I'll read my list, and then we can debate. Okay, so I've got
1: four. <clears throat> for solid choices. Um I'm gonna start with what I would call the king in this category, which is Interstellar. As uh you and I are both in agreement that Christopher Nolan is probably one of our favorites, if not our favorite, cumulative director. So we've done him for Director Month when we were doing that. I know you have talked about Jim Cameron and just the amazing stuff that he does. I'm not completely on board With a lot of his stuff. I mean, I like it a lot. Let's just say it. You know, Titanic's great. Terminator 2 is great. Avatar, great stuff. Time and time again, though, when I look at Christopher Nolan, even if I don't like the movie, I applaud what he does. He is cerebral. He is maybe too deep a thinker for his brishes, for his audience, as we've seen with movies like Tenet. But for me, Interstellar is probably the king of my favorite sci-fi movies personally, it's I would call it my, and most people would, if they're going to refer to it this way, I would call it my 2001, A Space Odyssey. Because it's long, because it's slow, because it makes you think, and because it doesn't have a crazy intergalactic baby at the end. This is why I think it stands above 2001. And so for me, everything about it, the emotion, the sci-fi, the story, the time... Manipulation, which is pretty much a staple of Christopher Nolan's movies, puts it at the top for me for Interstellar. I also have a Jim Cameron. I've got Terminator Two. I think that goes without saying. If you want to talk about the one of the best depictions of a sci-fi robot, you can't do better than Liquid Metal and Arnold Schwarzenegger in No Shirt. So you got to go with that. And then I kind of rented it out with um, with The Martian. I thought that it's a fantastic movie about a guy living by himself. We have these stories like Castaway and uh movies that really rely on an independent performance and he brings that. It's it's fantastic and it's also one that I love because I love the book. The book is a fantastic audio read, listen to it. I think twice along with Ready Player 1. And so I guess you could call that a reread if if that counts. I, I think you do because you do audiobooks as opposed to actually reading because of just the the time thing. And then I finished off my my four in this category with with District Nine because if Jim Cameron's going to do a great like robot cyborg type thing, then a great second place is this robot from District Nine having a guy turn into an alien. I mean this is it's not robotic it's intergalactic and it's a fantastic social commentary one of the one of the better social commentaries from a sci-fi story that I've seen and so Neil Blomkamp nails it with this one I think it's the best of his features um, I think we both agreed that his shorts are probably where he really really thrives and because this came from one of his short stories or short films I think it really stands out as a, as a great sci-fi so those are my four
0: Wow. Well, I was not prepared for anything other than you reading a list. So that was awesome. And I'm <laughs> glad you went first <laughs> because I would have been really embarrassed. That
1: may not be the case with every category. I may be like, I, I just, okay, I just so for off. these, I get these four. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was a, an impassioned way to begin. I got to say, I all of those are on my list. I have a few more, Good. but <laughs> all of those are on my short list. I had thrown in there and I'll say this, for most of these categories, I tried, where possible, if something was, like, kind of sci-fi, I tried to leave it off of, like, the science fiction, because I there's enough hard genre stuff in almost all of these that there's not need for lightweight crossover-type films, and I can bring one of those i mean any lately. super any, any superhero movie can be sci-fi because you're that's what i mean yeah there's like there's quite heroics. a bit of like oh there's a sci-fi element to this but the, we're talking any
1: yeah yeah
0: aliens space time travel that's yeah that's what we're getting at here <laughs> so obviously interstellar was there uh i have to add inception into that group passengers yep. uh, probably Ooh, is not gonna be yes. our pick but i want to bring it up because every chance we get yeah. to tell people this is actually a good movie is a an opportunity for <laughs> us to take <laughs> X machina is on this list uh for me as mm-hmm. well the martian was there like you moon which i imagine would have been if you'd have kept going probably on your yeah. list as well oh yeah mm-hmm. uh, star wars and empire strikes back i feel like they have to be there they're so obvious I I don't really want to pick them because of that, but I mean, they're great. They're they're undeniably great and important, but they're kind of boring at this point. (laughs) Uh, And then district nine was also on my list. I don't, I I don't want to always, it's not always going to be this easy, but the the thing is like, you've already stated the interstellar is your number one in this category. Interstellar is my number one science fiction movie of all time. It's in my top 10 of all time. So I, there is really no question about this one. And I kind of knew that would happen. Uh, or expected that to happen, but I think it has to be interstellar as well for all of the reasons that you just said. It is also my 2001, and I think that there's no better movie to define the both of us for sci-fi than this one, so I think we have to put it in.
1: Let's let's pencil that one in, and uh, I, I will just add to that that when we're going through these, um, I will not be as impassioned about certain ones and, and that's okay. I will adhere to certain things. The fact is Star Wars and Empire don't make my list because of the fact that it's space opera, which leans more into
0: that's fair. action, fantasy. action, action
1: adventure, yeah. fantasy. Or action adventure. Yeah. No. And that's okay. Again, we can move these around. But when you look at interstellar, I mean, it leans into science. It does. And it, it, plays with fiction and i think that's what makes it great is i will also say that every one of these that we pick will probably end up being a rewatch in 2023 because of this conversation tonight so as the king of rewatches uh of the two of us these will probably be the ones
0: that that's gonna be a good I, group <laughs> I,
1: yeah it's gonna be a great group <laughs> so i'm excited about interstellar my wife's not because she's like that's long and i don't want to watch that <laughs> with you so see you in three hours
0: <laughs> Oh man. Alright, well, our next category is definitely not gonna be quite that easy. This is musical or music adjacent, I will say. And I'm gonna run off some of my favorite. <laughs> music adjacent. <laughs> I know. I'm throwing that on Patrick like in real time. He didn't know that. So he probably doesn't have anything. He, I'm gonna have a couple. He's gonna be like, oh, I would have done that if I'd have known. But anyway, the point we could we could make it work. So the here's the thing. Here's what I have on my list. And, and we'll, we'll knock this out. So I have Sing Street. I have La La Land. I have Singing in the Rain. I have Pitch Perfect. This is where I'm going with music adjacent. I have The Greatest Showman. And I have Hearts Beat Loud. Again, music adjacent. And so those are kind of the ones that I thought would get us started. Do you have anything different than those on your list? I, Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, gosh. I, I have Singing in the Rain. Of course.
1: And I have The Greatest Showman. Uh-huh. Yes, because I didn't have movie musicals. like. Wait, so um, you didn't have Sing to- Street? Sing Street is on my list. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. There's no <laughs> was, way. It's not in like, this category. Cool. <laughs> it's not in this category. Oh. But it's on the list, and I will fight okay. for it. <laughs> and I, okay. I will- I will throttle you with my martial arts capabilities if we don't pick it for something.
0: <laughs> see, that's I, why I'll, I thought you we were about to fight. I'll, I'll
1: okay, put, keep. Heck, man, I'll put it in the 80s category because it takes place in the 80s. I mean, we'll just no, we, do that. Okay. Now, I that's
0: happen. a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's brilliant. I got to give you that. I was not expecting. That's like, that's like taking this podcast sci-fi. Like, we're time yeah, traveling right. or something.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Spoiler, it's not in the 80s category. it can go there if it needs to anyway my my musicals my pure musicals pure musicals are uh in addition to the greatest showman and singing in the rain i have a star is born which slightly feeds into what you're talking about that's the stretch but i also have the 20 uh the the 2021 west side story because i think i said on our episode that it is my west side story as much as i like the first one you said it beat out the first one it's, it's my, it's, it's mine. Yeah, you know, this is the one that if I'm going to watch West Side Story, that's what I'm going, going to be, uh, queuing up. And then finally, Dear Evan Hansen. And I, I say that because while it's not a fantastic musical adaptation, because I'm so in love with the original musical and being able to go on my 40th birthday, like one day shy, maybe of my 40th birthday, going to see it with you in Seattle. I know. I was already going to give Dear Evan Hansen the movie a five star, an honorary five star like trophy room thing. I know, And it has its issues. We work through them. They were not enough for me to say this is a terrible movie. And so for me, Dear Evan Hansen makes the list. I don't anticipate it being the one that we pick, but it's definitely one that needed to get in that category for me.
0: Well, I'm glad, and I think that's good. I think that's part of this exercise is mentioning things, right? We're talking about all of the movies that we think should be considered. It's not just picking one and moving on. So, I'm glad you said all that because everything on these lists we both really like and or collectively passionately love. Um, okay, so I, I I don't want it to be Darren Hansen. I love Darren have Evan Hansen as well, but I. Don't want it to be our pick, simply because I do think there are better movies, although it's kind of weird because you just called out the very specific reason it could be our pick because it's we're special like no one else is going to have that on their list <laughs> first of all so but but but, <laughs> but let me, it's, let me it's be,
1: uniquely special it, to us but let me and let me be specific about that. We already have a connective piece of tissue attached to it because we love the musical unless it completely tanked unless they made evan hansen a girl or an alien and they completely botched all of the music we would love it we would right. it would already be default so i don't that's not enough for me to say yes that's going to be ours because it's one that's adjacently amazing but it in and of itself the, the movie itself is not why we love it we love interstellar because it's a fantastic movie and it happens to be sci-fi which is why we're picking it for our sci-fi pick I'm okay with saying Dear Evan Hansen doesn't need to be the one that we identify as. If you're gonna see a musical adaptation of something, if you're gonna see whatever we pick in this category, we're gonna stand by it on its own merit, not because, not just because we love it, because of three other different reasons, which for us are legit. I'm not opposed to that. I just don't think it's strong enough to make that argument.
0: I don't either. And I, and I also would boot the Greatest Showman. Uh, it's not my highest, highest of a five. I mean, it's five, but it's like, this is hard because like everything is awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, you didn't put La La Land on your list. So you're dead to me for the rest of the show. First of all, <laughs> uh, I don't know where to go from here. Honestly, I was not expecting. I thought this was going to be like a two way battle between La La Land and Sing Street. And now I'm just thrown off completely. Uh, I, I, so here's where I'm thinking if knowing that you have sing street and you're going to fight for it somewhere else that I had not thought about until you said that and I know where that is now comic I'm movie. looking yeah <laughs> <laughs> goodness gracious oh I'm looking at my list for that other category genre and I would probably be fine with sing street there uh instead so in lieu of that I would probably say for me, singing in the rain would be the appropriate choice here, uh, okay. as a collective.
1: So let me let me do this. Let me offer you this as a means to maybe solidify Sing Street in a certain category or others. Um I will add La La Land to my list because it's one <laughs> okay. that I enjoy. Okay, and the reason why is partly because yes, there's some some there's 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 a game <laughs> in it for me, but there's nothing about it that I don't like. So it's a movie musical that I think of because I put because I put Singing in the Rain in there a lot. You know, obviously, La La Land pulls a lot of its stuff from Singing in the Rain and others. I think it didn't come to mind for me because I just. Was thinking about pure musicals, even though A *Star Is Born* I think was was there for some reason. I was thinking about *Song*, and I'm willing to give *La La Land* to you for musicals because I know it's valuable, and I could watch it on re- not on repeat like you could. I think you had like a world record of number of times you saw it.
0: I did in the yeah.
1: theater. I will say I think the reason why it wasn't on my list subconsciously is because we haven't officially talked about it on our podcast. We have we talked about it. We have talked about it and we've talked about it together on another podcast, but yeah. not as part of feelings on proper. I think we need to rectify that. We I'm do. okay with it. It wasn't in our trophy room, was it? Yeah. I don't think it's <laughs> and it wasn't. It's not. I don't think it was because I think there were parts of it that I, I didn't gravitate towards like you did, but it was a great movie and it's one you that I hated seen it so
0: much days. you left the country.
1: I did. I left <laughs> the country. And then and if you so here's the thing. If you go back and listen, I don't remember what episode it was, I should have bookmarked it, but there is an episode back when we were doing What Have You Been Up To? And I specific I secretly, I secret it was still in theaters, I secretly went to go see it with my wife after I think we got back from Kenya. Didn't tell you that I was going. And so I set it up. To say, yeah, I went to go see this movie. It was okay. It was, I don't know. It Lele Land, la, 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 something like that. And your response was just fantastic. You couldn't see it because we weren't video. We weren't doing video podcasts at that time. We still aren't, by the way. Uh, but I loved it. I loved seeing your reaction to it. And for me personally, it's really great to be able to not only experience something that you are passionate about, but to enjoy that thing. So I had like dual enjoyment. I was like, I want to appreciate it, even if I don't like it. But this was one that I not only appreciated, but absolutely was like, this is a fantastic movie, Uh, not to the top of the list, like for you, but it's the same thing with like a scene street that if you're going to love it, it's going to make me just love that person even more. And so I am willing to say, let's make La La Land a musical.
0: Okay, well. I will take that. It is because it is my number one and in, in my top ten of all time, and pretty much everybody that listens to the show already knows that. So I will gladly take it there. And while we're talking it out, like I, we know where Sing Street's going to go. Sing Street is the same concept for me. It is a movie that I adored when I first saw it. It is a movie that when I first saw it, all I could think about was you when I was watching it because I knew. Right off the bat, it was like it was like seeing the greatest showman for the first time because I know your love for Hugh Jackman, I know your love for Pasek and Paul, like me and the songwriting, so I could predict how you were going to react to those movies. And Sing Street just became your thing; it became your La La Land, very much so. And like you just described with La La Land and me, in the inverse is your consistent talking about it. Your praising of it your just obsession with it essentially in a positive way it elevated it for me as well and which is what has kind of happened both ways so i think they both have to be in there it's gonna go in coming of age i'm sure that's what you meant oh, wait, wait you're nodding i feel like we can yes. just do this now yes. okay
1: yeah yeah like, okay so we'll, we'll go, we'll go with coming of age but i need to i guess i guess you can mention homage. your other pa- I'm going to pay <laughs> yes, you Yes, I want to as well. Because this was a difficult category. If sci-fi is our number one, coming of age is number two.
0: I know. Don't forget we have wild cards, so these are not all so, dead.
1: Yeah, I get it. But I need to make the arguments now because this is, this is, if I had paragraphs to talk about each one of these, this is where they would live is in sci-fi and in this. So yes, Sing Street is right there. This is a movie that I clearly remember watching and then ending it and saying, I've got to watch it again. This does not happen at all. Rarely. I say at all. It's obviously happened once. It doesn't happen a lot. (laughs) I was being very, sorry. I was being being a little bit over dramatic there. But no, I, I, or hyperbolic. That's the word I'm looking for. So it's a movie that for me, I think solidifies what coming of age is it's about the bond of two brothers it's about finding your own it's about community it's about <laughs> coming together with talent and the capability of like the discovery of creation so as a filmmaker you're like wow i just came up with a beginning middle and end of a script that i have to put together in 2 days and when it all comes together and you you write this thing and create it and then you present it and you're so proud of it and the audience is just like yes It's a rare thing. Sing street emits that it's got fantastic dialogue. It takes place in the eighties. It's all these things that culminate to a, a film that if I had an infinite amount of money, I would just make you buy copies of the DVD, buy copies of the movie, Blu-ray, whatever it is now, 4k, 8k, whatever you're listening to this or 16k and seeing it, distribute it to anybody if you're gonna see a movie see this and these are the 15 reasons why because it's just so fantastic it's a it's a soundtrack that i can just cue up at any time because it makes me feel so much better if i'm having a crappy day i'm gonna drive it like a stolid i'm gonna do it it's so energetic there are other tracks on there that have like an emotional weight to them that i'm like yes i i can feel all these songs and so it's just a it's a complete film for me. It doesn't have just one thing or the other. Other movies that do that in part, and it's almost like it's it's this kind of like evenly high scale for me when it comes to all those things in Sing Street. These other mm-hmm. movies absolutely do this in in dips like they go really high and really deep, and there's nothing wrong with them, but they're also not hitting. All those notes at the same time. And I include the perks of being a wallflower it is very near and dear to my heart. The book is amazing. The the movie is one that uh, that I connect with on a personal level with some of the the stories that are being explored there. Almost famous. This was a movie that sort of came out of left field. I'd not, never seen it. And I look at Cameron Crowe and I say, you're awesome. You're so awesome. I, when we were doing, when we were doing like connecting points for this movie, I think all of us that were on the podcast all agreed it was the Tiny Dancer moment. The community that comes together, the ability to sit, when you're sitting on a bus and you're all seeing the same lyrics, this idea of just being unified after a rough moment, it was fantastic. It's got a fantastic soundtrack. It takes place in the decade that I probably should have been born in or should have been living in. I'm out of my element in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Should have been a 60s and 70s kid because I love the music that comes out of it. And then uh, and then finally, a summer rewatch every year, The Way Way Back. Steve Carell is absolutely fantastic, amazing cast. I, I think that there's something fantastic about summer awkwardness. And knowing that I was that kid in a lot of ways, I didn't experience the same things that this guy did, but to find my own and to be taken under a guy's wing to be found valuable, it was absolutely fantastic, and it was another one that, like Sing Street, you'd recommend it to me. I watched and I'm like this is we got to cover this, we got to talk about this and we did and it was great and It's when I think about thematic movies like movies that you should watch during certain certain seasons i've I've talked about this with you offline about how i should probably write something for the web page the website about here are the movies you need to watch during the summer and here's the times you need to watch them this is one that you got to watch probably the the middle to late part of summer because of when it takes place and because of the story that's being told but it kind of rounds out
0: the big four for me in terms of coming of age movies amazing stuff again uh greed with all of that All of them on my list. Well, not all of them on my list. I lied. Almost famous. I, for some reason, did not put there and connect the dots, but my goodness, yes. Phenomenal movie in all respects and completely worthy. I just had spaced that it was a coming of age movie. Uh, That's another, like, thing is I think a lot of films have that aspect to them. And maybe another layer of story kind of overshadows it. Like, I think of Almost Famous as. A journalism movie, in <laughs> yeah. a road trip movie, and I mean it is—it's all of these things, right? Yeah. But it is definitely yeah. a coming of age movie. Uh, I also have *The Fault in Our Stars* on here. I, I didn't ever really expect it to be yeah. the choice, but it is a movie and a book. Uh, a lot of these are like that for us, based on a book. Uh, but I just hold both of them in such high regard. Uh, the way the relationship is portrayed—it was Ansel Elgort before he was famous at all. It was kind of his breakout performance and, and role. Uh, So he's on here twice that West side story when your other mentioned and just the way that he and Shailene Woodley play these two characters of uh, Gus and Hazel and the story that is telling of someone dying from cancer and how a teenager deals with that and how they have a romance and a friendship and, and even more so than the romance and the friendship, which so many movies do in their own way, this movie has an extra element to it. the story does of the parental relationship as well, and that is something that just wallops me every single time, even just thinking about it, yeah, so yeah. that was on there. Ladybird had to be on uh the list as well <laughs> for me, yeah, yeah, so let me just say <laughs> this about
1: Ladybird. This is really interesting when we were when we were talking a few years ago about. Top tens from each year. Uh-huh. I'd seen Lady Bird after the fact, so it came out the that, same. Yeah. E- it came out the same year as The Greatest Showman. Greatest Showman blew me away. Still a great movie. I remember listening to The Greatest Showman. My, my wife just obsessed over it. My kid loved it. And on paper, that sounds amazing. When you listen to The Greatest Showman soundtrack for two months straight, you kind of get burnt out on it, and it's kind of become a Chick Fil A. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't want it to. I mean, I'm. At some point, I'm gonna revisit it again, but it kind of became the Chick Fil A of movies for me. And if you don't know, and you can hate on me because I don't like Chick Fil A, but we got Chick Fil A the last two years of college for me, and I ate so much of it that I can never go back and eat it. By the way, uh Popeye has a better chicken sandwich. I'm just gonna say it right now. The fact is, it's I watched
0: not a podcast opinion. Just FYI, that is a that is a this is not feel and film endorsed that is a patrick hicks opinion just clarifying <laughs> chick-fil-a you can still sponsor us it's okay
1: but just not on sundays all right um that's a problem record, by that's the way, a big problem when we record <laughs> yeah can't sponsor us because we record on sundays so i will uh anyway chicken sandwich uh fights notwithstanding so i ended up watching lady bird after the fact and Greta Gerwig has become, I think, my favorite female director because she's right now two for two with Little Women and Lady Bird. And so I retroactively updated my top 10 list for that year. Lady Bird took the top spot because of that coming of age thing. And I don't want to apologize for not having any female leads like Edge of 17 is another great one. I just connect with all of those protagonists in those and partly because they're dudes. I think I connect with all the Issues that they dealt with. I had a brother, or I have a brother. He's not dead. Sorry, I have a brother. I I dealt with the some of the stuff that the the protagonists dealt with in Perks. I was never a journalist, but again, this ambition and kind of being around people that could be intimidating but also very uh, influential. I mean, I had those experiences. So all those movies hit me in a way that are very personal. And they just happen to be masculine in their roles. But in no way do I discourage or dislike movies like Lady Bird. It's fantastic. Edge of 17 is fantastic. And there are others out there that would make my list. But these just happen to be the ones that really just come up to the top of the list.
0: Yes, absolutely. I I figured that if it wasn't on your list, you would be in agreement with me. Cha Cha real smooth. I I wanted to mention as well, just because it's a little bit of an older character because we're talking about someone who's graduated college. But we both really fell in love with it this year, and I think that that's a good reason to mention it on a list like this. Is because it is kind of unique in the that he's uh, you know he's a slow grower, (laughs) if you will. Like he's coming of age, but it's happening at a different point in his life, or it's a different part of coming of age. It doesn't have to be all in one season of your life. And so uh, that was mentioned there as well. But I mean, I'm, and of course the way, way back, which you articulated perfectly. And we've done a full episode on all of these. Actually, I'm like looking at the list right now. Like I think we have an episode on all of these movies. So I I didn't write down the numbers either listeners, but just know that 90% of the movies that we're talking about on the show, other than the one like Patrick just called out La La Land, and even that there is an episode, it's just not with me, and Patrick, it's with me and uh, somebody else. You can go back and find our episodes on all these movies if you're interested, though. But I'm totally cool with putting Sing Street here. If that's what that's what we're gonna do. OK, so that's what we're doing. All right. So we have three. <laughs> and Holy cow. So I was like, oh, this will take 45 minutes total. <laughs> that's not the case. Sorry. Oh, well, it's good content. It's fun. I'm having fun. That's all I care about. Honestly, we got we got three. <laughs> we have science fiction. We have interstellar musical. We have La La Land and coming of age. We have Sing Street moving along to something that shouldn't be difficult at all. <laughs> They're also hard <laughs> listeners. Yeah. So ridiculous. You should try this exercise for yourself at home someday, like with your favorite movie watching Buddy or something and just see how difficult it is to accomplish. Okay, animation. <laughs> I have on my list, and I was extremely—I—I I had to exercise a lot of restraint in this category because I know right. love it all really? of it. Okay, <laughs> so I narrowed it down to to twelve. <laughs> eh, close. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Lion King, uh, the original Lion King. It, it stands so far above. It is so kingly. Literally, uh, when it comes to Disney animation, as far as I can go, like it sets the standards for me, for them, and for so much to come after it. And it was such a defining movie of my entire childhood that it is by far and away one of my top top picks here. Um, I also wanted to put down Kubo and the Two Strings. I'm a huge stop motion fan, as you are as well. We both love Leica. And most of the films that they put out, Kubo is really special in the story that it tells. It's very unique and it looks absolutely gorgeous. Wally and Toy Story are the two that I put down for Pixar. <laughs> you could do this and just struggle to figure out a Pixar movie by itself. I mean, it is, it's like that. There's several studios animation wise that are like that for me, but I thought that Wally and Toy Story both kind of capture unique stories within that universe that have some sort of special nature when it comes to us. Something that we particularly love, our love for sci-fi mixed with our love for animation is covered by WALL-E and Toy Story. We just have a very close relationship to all three of those movies. So picking one is kind of like picking all three to four of them. And it's uh, the first film series that we ever did when we had our, 100th anniversary we covered all three of those at that time and so it's pretty special and then for my anime selections because i had to have a couple of these i narrowed it down to your name because i have to have something from shinkai on here your name being one of my absolute favorite films of all time and again something that encompasses not only a shared love of animation but of the rom-com of coming of age of sci-fi like this ticks off like so many genres that we love all in one amazing package. And then I also wanted to add some Miyazaki love. And so I picked My Neighbor Totoro as a representative of his collective work as something that is just maybe the most wholesome movie ever made. It's up there. It's in consideration. It's such a gigantic warm hug of a film and a tale. And I just think that it needs to be mentioned and if you haven't watched any of these movies listeners you need to get on it for sure i'm guessing patrick may actually have a couple different on here because there were so many to choose from what did you come up with so surprisingly enough animation
1: is probably one that i've distanced myself unintentionally not because i don't like animation i i it's it's a it's a genre that i respect because of the types of animation that exists stop motion most recently with but Del Toro's Pinocchio is probably one of my recent favorite like visuals, but it didn't make the list. And I think about Kubo and the Two Strings, a, a great story. It did make my list. Kubo was on there. I'm with you in that The Lion King is probably my favorite, I would call it my favorite traditional animation movie. Um, happens to come from Disney. It's one that really changed my perspective on a movie being fun animated to actually having stakes so when spoiler alert when Mufasa dies I mean I felt it but the way in which it felt so big like epic like it feels like an epic movie because of the songs and you got Hans Zimmer just knocking it out of the park with his musical score I regret that there's a live action version looks great, but it feels like a retread. Only the San Diego Zoo is the cast here. It's just, it's just not good in terms of like capturing the magic of the original. And and I regret because I feel like our conversation of The Lion King we didn't do it justice. I, I don't know if it was a minisode or not, but I I don't know if I communicated just how grandiose it felt and still feels as a movie. Um, I did want to put Lego Batman on there because this was one of the first Lego movies that I'd seen. I don't know if I saw the original Lego movie before I saw this. I don't remember laughing as hard in the theater (laughs) as when I saw that. And this is a guy who loves Superman. So you got to believe that my heart was in conflict and I'm laughing so hard and, and hoping after I see this movie that there's a Lego Superman movie along the way. But knowing it can't be nearly as good because Batman has such a as a character, has had so many different phases and so many different versions of himself. And Lego Batman just articulates that in such a hilarious way. So that made my list. Uh, Toy Story and Wally were up there. And I agree, you know, Pixar, the Pixar Punch just exists in pretty much every one of their movies. And it has the tendency to diminish these movies that we find so valuable. We also talk about trilogies and going back to the IP. I am unapologetic about my opinion of Toy Story 4. Not a bad movie, not a great movie for me. But when we talked about the trilogy, the fourth one didn't exist at the time. And so we were like, yes, we're ready for it to end. It was a great trilogy. So I don't want to pick Toy Story because Toy Story isn't good. It's great in conjunction with 2 and 3. Wally, I think, would be the great representative of that. But I kind of want to get away from, I've already got my. Solo actor pick, my solitude movie. In terms of 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 the Martian, I know we didn't pick it, but Wally's good. It's great. It, it does these things. I did have a couple of animes. Your your name made it for me. Uh, Makoto Shinkai is is just phenomenal in terms of storytelling. He is the Christopher Nolan of the anime world. I think we can agree to that because of what he does with time, and his visuals are. I think every digital artist's like dream of like, yes, I would love to have these prints all over my wall because they're so beautiful. Um, this will not make the cut. And I and I I understand. But if there's an anime director that I grew to love several years ago, it was Satoshi Kon. And it's because of the fact that his movies, his stories are unpredictable. They're unconventional. You look at Movies like um, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, it's a sci-fi movie. <laughs> you look at movie like Paprika, and it's a take your Benadryl and just enjoy the ride because it's like just this wacky kind of transcendental like crazy ride. But for me, the movie that stood out and the one that I'm always going to recommend if I have to say you need to watch Satoshi Kon, it's going to be Millennium Actress. Because what this does, it's a movie that completely captures his style. It captures um, his visual way of telling stories about manipulating time and switching frames. And it's one that's very much approachable at an all-ages type thing. It feels, it's dramatic for sure. I think his best one is Perfect Blue, but it's hard to watch. It's a very difficult movie to watch because of its content. But I think the one that's the most approachable that really captures all of what he did as a as a director and an animator is Millennium Actress uh, at the time we were doing when we takeaways I was doing my summer of anime going through some of these and motivation was the was the word that I, I took away because it centered around an actress who was growing old and recollecting her past and how do you recapture that magic of yeah. of being an actress and so for me, I guess that'd be my honorable mention. I knew it wasn't going to be the one that we picked, but I need to give it some love because Satoshi Cohn, we lost him too early. He had some really amazing stuff come out. I think there was a documentary that came out about him that I haven't gotten a chance to watch, but I, I'm i looking to chew on more of his stuff in terms of like his, um, I know he's got books out and things like that, but it's, it's all manga and I don't, I, I can't get into the manga type thing. I need I need my anime instead of that. And um but yeah, so that's that's kind of
0: my honorable mention, Millennium Actress. Yeah, it can't be the pick because I haven't seen it. It's the one that I have not sure. gotten okay. to yet, unfortunately. I need to make that a priority. I have only one of his films that I've really loved, and it is a love love, and that's Tokyo Godfathers. It is yeah. one of my top 20 favorite anime films ever. And just Christmas classic. I adore it. Yeah. So yeah, that gives me hope that I might like millennium actors. Cause I was not a super fan of the other stuff that I've seen. Like you. <laughs> you like so, Paprika? okay. So it was so great. <laughs> I, I like the remake called inception. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, so good if deal. we knock good off deal. that, I think, okay. Uh, we got, we gotta cut stuff. I, I say we cut Kubo. Are we in agreement? Yeah. Okay. Cut so, so I think, let's say it comes down to Lion King, Wally, Toy Story, and Your Name. What would be your first cut between those four? Toy Story. Fine by me. Uh. So then we get Lion King, Your Name, and
1: Wally. Wally. To cut? Are you asking me to to, to cut?
0: Uh, okay. I I think so too. Simply because we have a sci-fi iconic favorite already in our group which then comes down to lion king in your name and as much as this is i mean these are i i don't i can't choose between them i i mean i think that the lion king is the right choice even though in my i in my heart of hearts i mean i I hate this. Why are we doing <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> I don't know why we're doing this. It just makes I'm looking thinking about my bedroom and the gigantic your name posters just sitting in my living room. I mean, uh I-, I think The Lion King helps round out our complete list in a way that adding your name becomes redundant to some of the other movies that are gonna end up being on this list. So I think for now we should say The Lion King. That is my vote. Okay.
1: So let me do a Tarantino, and I'll say, yes, we'll do that. Let me also say that (laughs) because, you know, he tells the end of the story and then he goes back and explains why. And it's because I can watch The Lion King multiple times and still get the same kind of flavor. Your name is because it's Makoto Shinkai, because he plays with time and stuff. His complexity allows me to appreciate on multiple viewings and just love it even more. And that should be the argument for. It needs to be there. But I think it's the complexity of it that makes it a little bit less approachable for me as a fan. When I think about the Lion King, I can consume that in an idea like right here. Like, here's why you should go see the Lion King, as opposed to, here's why you should go see your name. I almost have to justify it in a slightly negative way. Otherwise, I'm like, okay, so here's your caution when going through your name, as opposed to like, go see the Lion King because this, 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 and this. I absolutely agree because the fact is when we talked about your name, I remember this conversation on the podcast. We debriefed afterwards, maybe a couple of days, and it was one of the most raw, sort of emotionally driven conversations. It wasn't, and not that our shows are scripted necessarily. We have notes. I mean, I'm not, we're not going to, that's inside baseball. We have notes. We don't just kind of off the cuff talk. But this is one conversation, one of those few conversations that I think we really started Talking in reaction to one another because of how we were reacting to the movie. So it has it going for that. I mean, it it does those things. At the same time, The Lion King is one of those that you can absolutely say, This is something that I don't think it can go in any other category. So I'm giving it animation as well.
0: Okay, good. Then we are decided on four. So we will add The Lion King for animation. And again, we can always come back if we need to and move things around if something comes up but i'm comfortable with that me who had a timon and pumbaa shaving set for elementary boys when i was growing up and a pumbaa plushy pillow that drove around in my car with me for three or four years even up to the point when i was like 16 or 17 Mm -hmm. years old i I should probably stop talking because now i'm just embarrassed uh yeah that's the point Love me yep. some Tamoon and Pomba. Whoa, I what what? Love me some <laughs> moon and Pomba. Is that no, is that no. no. in that in the alternate line? Can 1980s. 1980s is the next category. We're going to move on. This will be so easy for Patrick. Uh okay. <laughs> so street. let me just <laughs> Wait, we were doing Sorry, Never mind. Let me just throw mine out there and then I'll let you have at it. The one that is number 1 on my list here and and these are not like numbered in ranked, but The first thing I have in the written down is one that we didn't even talk about in sci fi, which is kind of funny. And that's Back to the Future. So, Back to the Future, obvious contender for this list. I have Fly the Navigator. I have The Neverending Story. I have The Princess Bride. I have Christmas Vacation. And I have Top Gun. And I understand that these are not all necessarily going to be your top picks as well your list has probably got like 30 movies on it uh because this is your ideal time in in movie watching this is like is this is like the year for the decade rather for you uh you're a big <laughs> fan so i will probably default in a large way to what you end up favoring but I am curious what your kind of top two or three would be from this decade. Okay, I only put three.
1: And the reason <laughs> okay. why is because I do have 30 or 40, but I knew that the other 37 to 40 would not be anywhere close to being contenders because, I mean, when you talk about Goonies, when you talk about you know, Superman 2, when you talk about <laughs> not that, when you talk about the the No age one talks about movie. Superman too. Nobody does. No, including me to a point. We did talk about it a little bit uh last year in our quest for
0: We did in our episode. Super, in our, in our, <laughs> for a whole an hour. And,
1: and, for, <laughs> so go listen to it, listeners. I had three and I picked these three because I knew that they would be contenders on your list. Surprisingly, one of them was not listed. And it kinda made me sad to to hear you to not hear you mention it so back to the future and the princess bride both up there fantastic movies we have a trilogy's worth of conversation about back to the future that we've talked that we've had and um so when we (laughs) if you want to go back and listen to it you can you can do that our friend adam rakoff is on there he's the resident 80s guy for us back to the future is definitely up there and it's one that i think will probably be our pick but when i mention these next two. When I mentioned The Princess Bride, I know that's a huge favorite of yours, and I think it's one that is filled with a lot of great stuff. I have it in another category as well, so I'm willing to forego it. The third one is Dead Poet Society, and this is one that, you know, my heart breaks a little bit because it may be in another category, or it may not be at all.
0: And it is. So I, I, <laughs> I didn't just I forget to throw it completely. Some, okay. <laughs> I want to throw some
1: love at that. So, when you talk about Dead Poet Society, you have to talk about Carpe Diem. You talk about a movie for me that was really part of my early college career. I was pledging or rushing or whatever it was. And at the university that I went to, we didn't have fraternities, we had social clubs. So, take that for what it is. But I remember that we had started watching the movie as part of a rush night and we lost power. And it, there became this like moment when we were sort of hanging out, talking under, a, I guess it was a fake
0: fireplace light, whatever,
1: singing songs. And then we were talking a little bit about just the concept of what it means to seize the day and to take hold. And it was inspirational. And I remember one, I need to finish that movie. And two, after I finished it, it became one of my favorites. And so even if it's not picked for this category, I hope it comes back at some point. I am willing to throw Back to the Future out there because I don't think it's going to make any other category outside of maybe blockbuster. But I think there's a ton out there that we're going to probably argue over. So the safe bet for me to get it on the list is to put it as the, the 80s movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I fully expected that to come down to that as one of maybe three contenders and the princess bride was in that short list as well. I mean, for reference for those who haven't listened to our Princess Bride episode, my favorite movie of all time for the first 20ish years of my life until the Lord of the Rings was made and is still to this day my number 2 movie of all time. In fact, my son just got me a super cool early Christmas gift a couple weeks ago that he found. It was a kind of a, a typed up, like hand typed version of the princess bride's script uh, so that or screenplay and so that was really a neat gift so it's very very near and dear to my heart i don't know if it's gonna make it in the other category but for now i would say knowing we can come back and talk this out if if it looks nasty to me later on <laughs> um i i'm totally okay with putting back to the future here as a 1980s pick It gets us a second sci-fi movie on here, which I am totally fine with. And it's absolutely beloved by us both and iconic and just it deserves to be on something like this. It it fits. It defines the 80s in so many ways. And I'm more than happy with it being there. So let's go with Back to the Future. Done. All right. So for Blockbuster, that's our next genre. I will start. I only have written down three, and that is because I tried hard to put as many of these in other categories. The reality is, like, almost everything in my action-adventure category could cross over here, and depending on how we want to define Blockbuster, many other things could too. For me, I when I'm talking Blockbuster, I'm talking big, big, big. I'm talking phenomenon not just made 100 million dollars to the box office not just made 500 million dollars the box office i don't really care the number of the box office i care about the cultural significance the impact the lasting fandom like i want phenomenon type pick to be in this category for us so with that in mind i narrowed it down to titanic because i would really, really like to get James Cameron on this list somewhere. And I had a feeling he wasn't going to make it in sci-fi. And that, and that pretty much narrows it down to this. Unless we were to go for True Lies, which doubtful. And then Jurassic Park and Jaws. Now, how I don't even know how to pick between those three, Patrick. So if you add more to it, it's just more painful. Because, you know, obviously any of these would be worthy to be on any hall of fame list top 15 20 movies of all time lists for anybody I and mean, they are that impactful that important that big of movies but those are the three that i would gravitate towards as i'd be comfortable with any of those three representing us do you have something to add to those
1: i don't i mean i have others but if you're if you're providing that kind of definition I'm willing to accept that definition and all three of those are are great picks I I will reluctantly agree with Titanic um Jaws can fit somewhere else <laughs> and I will argue that it will fit it it well
0: uh, I don't know I don't it has know. two potential other landing spots
1: it does um i think we have it as comic book movie and- not
0: even can- <laughs> no, you everything is a comic book Titanic's titanic is a comic book movie. Yeah, mean, is sure. everything a comic <laughs>
1: movie
0: yeah everything is these days <laughs> you can define- for now but jaws does I- still have two other spots it could go
1: yes. yes it does it does um and i the thing about titanic is that i it doesn't feel i mean it, it's big you're absolutely right it's big financially it's big in terms of like visual scale and you know avatar could be that way as well in terms of that where i'm starting to have as we're going through these lists and i'm contradicting myself when i say what i'm about to say but i have trouble picking movies that have sequels attached to them we just picked back to the future (laughs) and i and, and lion king has sequels but they're dumb and they don't really exist i look at Like Avatar, and Avatar has a sequel, but Avatar is a huge movie. Titanic does not, but Titanic, it doesn't hit all the notes for me in terms of being like, if I'm thinking about on paper, this is a movie that I'm willing to go 95% in agreement with you that this is the movie that we need to get for blockbuster, which is why I'm going to say yes to it, but I'm saying it with a little bit of reluctance because it's not my favorite Jim Cameron movie. It's not. And I'm okay with that because it doesn't have to be. I think the conflict is that we've agreed that Interstellar is our... Is, maybe it's our favorite Christopher Nolan movie. The prestige comes really close to it in terms of like, yes, but it's not sci-fi. So I, I mean, all That's this stuff the one that I
0: was head. actually referring to when I said it's got some sci-fi in it, but it's not sci-fi. That's the movie yeah, that I was referring yeah. to.
1: So I think for me, I'm I'm good with Titanic. I think it's... I think it defines both of us, and it's one. Well, wait,
0: okay, wait, wait, wait. No, you, you, I don't. You don't sound fine with it to me. So I (laughs) want to make an offering here. Like nothing about what you just said sounds fine with it to me. I mean, we have Jurassic Park right there, and so I mean, I know what you're saying about sequels or whatever, but if none of the sequels existed, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So Jurassic Park would still
0: exist in the same way it does today. Yes.
1: So I will say this, Jurassic Park is absolutely going to make this list in some way, shape, or form. If it has to hit comic book so, movie, it'll do. So, it, you know? yeah, <laughs> I swear it again. I'm, is I'm, I'm done with battery. that. Done. <laughs> no. Pre-1980s. Yes.
0: Jura- it's comic book movie. 12 Angry Men. What, what,
1: what, yeah, what you did for me just that was now. Bruce Wayne. It, yeah, that was, <laughs> that
0: was not Bruce Wayne. <laughs> that was somebody else. Thomas that Wayne. Like,
1: Thomas Wayne. Okay, maybe so. No, but when you <laughs> said... You need to get a Jim Cameron movie. And Howard on Stark. Here. Sorry, the 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 heart of me is like, okay, I'm willing to give you a Jim Cameron movie because Jurassic Park can go. I think in a couple other places as well, and we still have wild card. I know, so, but here's
0: here's where I'm going to go with this is those other places that Jurassic Park could go. The rest of my picks in that list, I would be I would fight like to the death over some of those. So I don't okay. want to necessarily kill those and as much as i do love titanic and i think it is a titanic of a movie and a defining blockbuster i i mean i 100 percent think these other two are as well and i would be perfectly okay with dinosaurs eating people on toilets over sinking ocean liners i don't know what <laughs> it is about tragedy but... <laughs> two people <laughs> and raps just... don't
1: support two people <laughs> It well, well, was proven. I mean, if you're com- he, he did a okay. study anyway. He did, uh, he did. That comes out in January. If if you're confident that Jurassic Park will not make rom com or comedy, then I'm willing to put Jurassic
0: Park in <laughs> in blockbuster. <laughs> okay, so then we're gonna go Jurassic Park in blockbuster for now. Let's let's yes, do that. Work. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna it's pencil okay. that in. Okay, moving on to the actual category of comic book movie. So. <laughs> Now, Patrick, what are your actual real comic book movie choices?
1: (laughs) What if I didn't give you any?
0: (laughs) I would not be surprised.
1: (laughs) No, I have four. And they are all movies that I that you and I really do have a connective tissue to. Uh, The first one is uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. This is the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And I know you're high on the sequel as well, uh, but and I'm not as much. And so when I when I talk about sequels and I talk about those need to be negations, the more I talk about it, the more I'm completely con- contradicting myself. The fact is, if an original can stand on its own like a Jurassic Park or a Back to the Future, whatever its sequels do is totally irrelevant. So the Amazing Spider-Man, even with its sequel, still stands on its own as a complete story and one that. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Andrew Garfield is always and will be my Spider Man because of the practical effects, because of the grounded combat, because of his love for Gwen Stacy, which is always going to be like if I have to have a romantic connection of Spider Man with someone, people will say Mary Jane. I'm going to say Gwen Stacy. That's perfect. They have great chemistry. I love the backstory with Martin Sheen and uh you know his his uncle Uncle Ben and and Aunt May. I love the the casting there. Sally Field is is great. So yes, the the Amazing Spider-Man is one of them. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. I think that the one word that stands out is stakes. We got loss, we got devastation. We got something that needed to have a story complete we needed to be in anticipation of and i will continue to argue to this day that if you had zero marketing you would double your money for avengers endgame because of the fact that you're not showing anything that you're putting question marks in your audience's head of like who's really dead who will never come back i will go to my grave saying that but everything that infinity war gave us is everything we were asking for up to that point in the Marvel cinematic universe. It wasn't just, Oh yeah, here's another kind of flat antagonist. No, we got Thanos. We got a round villain who I actually had sympathy for and was like, you know what? Some of the decisions you're making, I would, I would probably seriously consider those, um, man of steel, the Superman movie that gave us Henry Cavill. Unfortunately, we're not going to see him in a Superman outfit. That's Okay we have, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust the brain trust that is the new DCU. But Man of Steel gave me what I consider was my Superman. And up until that point, Christopher Reeve was, was doing great. And he, he was the definitive Superman, Brandon Routh. Uh, you know, he, he did, he did okay. And you know he'll tell you that it wasn't probably everybody's favorite Superman. That's fine. But Henry Cavill, In the way in which he portrays the Man of Steel, the way in which Zack Snyder cares for his character, and the way in which his character sort of gets his trilogy in BVS and then in Zack Snyder's Justice League, you need Man of Steel to be able to start that. And seeing Kevin Costner as Jonathan Kent, it's just... There's a lot there that Zack Snyder knows how to play with and how to get when it comes to father-son relationships and what it means to be different and how to deal with those things that I think make Clark Kent and Superman who they are. But of course, the one that tops is the one that started this whole podcast, and that's BVS. It's, I think, a huge movie. It had tons going for it, and I will never remember, I will never forget the words that you said when you first saw it. He said, You said, it's a mess, but it's a glorious mess. I did. And the more that you watched it, the more that you enjoyed it. And then we get the Zack Snyder cut, which really fills in those gaps. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the first movies that you and I, obviously, it's the one that pioneered this podcast, but I think it's one of the first movies that we both agreed can have its problems and still be great. It doesn't have, it really does define the lack of a need for five stars and one stars. I mean, you can put any stars you want on a movie, but I think it gave us permission to give a five-star rating to a movie that wasn't perfect. And it really you know, set that tone for other movies that we put in that uh, trophy room category that don't have to be amazing to everybody to be amazing for us. And so BVS is the one for me. Wow.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. That was a super good pitch i hadn't didn't have it on my list first of all uh which is painful now because the reasoning behind that is beyond just the star ratings which is kind of what i was using as my initial glance over to pick movies and you're right i mean we did multiple episodes on it when we first launched the podcast and back then when we began it was a very specific section of the show was meant to be about arguing against the negative reviews for whatever it was that we were covering, which didn't become sustainable, but we were very passionate about it for that film and and still are to this day. I mean, my love for it has not dissipated. I, that I have to put that in the back of my head for a second. So I also had the dark Knight down because I think it is arguably the best comic book movie ever. It is right there. Although, (laughs) as people may realize or know, I don't know if people all know, but for me, The Dark Knight Rises has slightly eclipsed it. And I've expressed that in both letterbox form and in podcast form. So I'm not going to redo it here, but it has. And that sort of has taken a slight bit of power away from The Dark Knight for me, not because... You know, just because I used to say, oh, well, it's the best ever, there's no comparison. But I think that was a different era. We have started to get unique comic book movies made again in different ways. It's not all just Marvel copycat stuff. The other big one that was on my list that you did not mention was Into the Spider Verse. And it's funny because I didn't put it down in animated, and I actually didn't bring it up in animated purposely because I was going to bring it up here. And I was prepared to come to this conversation and go to bat for it as number one. And the reasoning was going to be, or is, I should say, I guess I could talk in first person here. The reasoning, or present tense, the reasoning is that you love Superman and I love Batman. And the shared comic book character that we love is (laughs) Spider-Man, And so if we didn't pick a Batman point. movie, point. we couldn't pick a Batman movie because I didn't think it would be fair. And we, I didn't think we could pick a Superman movie because I didn't think it would be fair. Now, you found the other loophole to that, which is you picked the one with literally <laughs> both of them in the title. Yes. <laughs> um, so I but I felt like it had to be some semblance of that for us as good as Avengers Infinity War is. It was incredible of an epic feat as Marvel pulled off that we will always praise and be amazed by. We have these characters that we have grown to like have such a strong fandom of we collect them and such. And so I feel like it has to be one of those three in some form or fashion. And so, yeah, I think BVS or into the spider is where it goes. I, Really like your argument, though, and I I really, really like your argument, and it kind of goes back to the initial one we had a little bit earlier about what is meaningful for the show necessarily and not necessarily just the best movies.
1: Okay, so you got me intrigued, and for maybe a subliminal reason, that's why I had The Amazing Spider-Man on there, because it was a character that we both enjoy, both love. And that I have, as I'm showing, my Spider-Man card, playing cards that you got me, that and
0: I they, just that, bought you. Yes, that was part of the really, thank you, thank <laughs> <you're Yeah.
1: laughs> enticing I me. He's like you intentionally like had them delivered today so that I would <laughs> pick Spider-Man. And I look at BVS and I I think about the what I would call the two-person cultural impact, like what it's done for the last five years. You know, it it is the reason that we are doing this. Well, true, but for you and I, <laughs> it's done that for sure, and it's gotten—it's basically caused social media to become stupid in some ways. But I look at your argument for Spider-Verse, and I, I compare it to BVS, and I think as you're making your argument for Spider-Verse, I think of BVS like I think of Dear Evan Hansen, which is we have a connective tissue with BVS that goes beyond just the movie itself. When you said it's a mess, but a glorious mess, you weren't wrong. There's a lot about it that you're like, oh my gosh, and do I really want to add 45 minutes of content just to iron out all those kinks? Is that a two and a half or three hour movie that I really want to spend time rewatching? And then I think about Spider-Verse and I think about the upcoming movie and how excited I am about the number of spider people, spider It's Spider He's, I don't know what we're going to call them. And really having my own personal connection to the comic book event that took place that Dan Slott and his team just completely nailed, I have to say that holistically it hits all the notes for me. And so I'm willing to say, yes, we need a Spider Man movie. And Spider Verse is one of those that I think is a defining one because I haven't seen it again since we covered it, which is interesting. I saw it for the podcast, and I took my son to see it, and then I haven't revisited it. It will be one that I revisit prior to the second one for obvious reasons, but it's one that when I, when I talk about it, I'm like, yes, it has to be one, but I don't intentionally put myself in a position to say, I'm going to sit down and watch it. And I think, honestly, Aaron, it has to do with the fact that animated movies are just not ones that I gravitate towards. It's just kind of where I am in my life in that. It's nothing about them that makes them like repulsive. It's just not the ones that I'm leaning into, but that doesn't dismiss the fact that it's a phenomenal movie. And so I am in agreement that Spider Verse I think needs to be our pick for this one.
0: Okay, I I can go with that. I obviously because that's what I came to the show in Evan. Yes, yeah, so, so don't pick I would a different say, one, please. I think we need to reconsider <laughs> Batman v Superman when we come to Wild Card because the reasoning behind it is so powerful. I mean, there is only one movie that could potentially that the launch the show, period. Like there's only one movie that this whole thing became started off of. So it has to be in that group that we talk about or consider for those two spots. So Spider Man in the Spider-Verse here, we'll come back to that later. The next category is classic, and that I'm defining as pre nineteen eighty, which whatever people i don't want to hear your arguments this is our show and <laughs> this is what we're going with we're saying pre 1980 because we had 1980 as its own category and sure. for us there's you yeah, know i mean this opens it up very wide obviously but uh, some of the ones that i have in this category and and there's all over the place um, you know we've got stuff from more recently close to 1980 like jaws all the way back so i have 12 angry men in this category, I have Singing in the Rain showing up again. In this category, I have Lawrence of Arabia and the Godfather epics. In this category, I have Casablanca. In this category, I have Godfather 2 also. By the way, I have Wizard of Oz. And I think that I could just keep going. So I'm curious to hear what your list looks like and then we can talk about which ones like are at the top of those and maybe talk those out
1: this is really interesting because i think what you have defined me as is the 80s guy of the two of us you are the classic guy because i think one of those or maybe two of those showed up on my list (laughs) and as is as per usual a couple of those i have not seen and um I don't have five hours of my life. So Lawrence of Arabia is probably going to be a three-parter for me or a miniseries in the way that I watch movies. So uh, that's definitely one that didn't make my list. The ones that did uh, 12 angry men made that list. Jaws made my list. Interestingly enough, the Godfather part two, but not one made my list. And I make the argument that two is great because one exists Two does a lot more with these two characters. And with Vito and Michael in this parallel story, I think it's fantastic storytelling. I love that parallel storyline and how they each kind of come into their own in different ways from a place of purity. Where you know, Godfather does it for for Michael, but you see the rise of the Godfather in these different stages, and and that's why it made the list for me. I also put down It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, this is a movie that I think is one that, uh, that, you know, Aaron is like, kind of beating himself over the head with his with his fist because he's like, How in the world did I, I miss that? But I think you you sort of get lost in the fact that it's considered a Christmas movie. You don't think of it in terms of another genre or it it's it's a coming of age, maybe? Is it drama? I mean it's I mean it could exist in all those, but because it's a Christmas movie, much like you look at Christmas Vacation would not make my list of any of these, even though it could fit into those categories the idea of something being a Christmas movie sort of takes over those things. And so I can see why you might miss that. Just like I would probably miss in terms of comedy Christmas vacation, because it's hilarious. But, um, apart from that, 2001, the space odyssey made it. I don't want that one because we already have interstellar. And then finally, one that we have not actually covered on the show that I want to revisit, or I want to be able to cover, which is to kill a mockingbird. I think it's a phenomenal book, phenomenal movie. And, um, of all those, I think I know which there's, there's two, there are two on that list that I feel like we're, we can make a great argument for that. I'm willing to say yes to.
0: Okay. What are those and,
1: two? Uh, Jaws and 12 Angry Men.
0: Okay. So, so the, it's a wonderful life is like my number three or four movie of all time. So I, I didn't, mm-hmm. you're right. I didn't think about it. I honestly didn't think you'd have it on your list. And that's why it wasn't because it was a Christmas movie. I just was presuming, and I didn't think it would have a shot. (laughs) So
1: I put it on there because I like it a lot because it's really a fantastic movie. But it's because I'm not the classic guy. I'm not the Lawrence of Arabia, the Casablanca, the 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 big uh, Akira Kurosawa guy. I'm just not going to do that.
0: The thing is, we could go right with any of those three choices. So if it was, it's a Wonderful Life, it was Twelve Angry Men, or it was Jaws. We again, we are literally talking about movies in my top 10 of all time. Like I think all three of them, maybe top 12. I think Jaws might be a couple places down now. I don't remember, but like legitimately could be all three in my top 10. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know how to distinguish between those. I I think it's a matter of, at this point, they're all equally worthy and great. We have talked about Jaws before. Do we, do we, want to think do we think it's going to pull out in our other possible category do i get here let me ask you this do we want jaws on the list are we pretty confident that we want jaws on the list uh, would you be very comfortable would you be comfortable if jaws wasn't on the list yes i would
1: be okay and, and i and i again that's this is where fair. i was slide it into a into a wild card because of a similar reason to bbs we both know that when we started this podcast, Jaws was one of the first episodes that we legit championed for people to listen to. Like, hey, it was I just the one we podcast. would recommend. We're- yes, yeah, because we felt like it was a perfectly produced, perfectly discussed. Like, we didn't have any hiccups. We weren't. We weren't. We were finally finding our rhythm. I don't know if we were doing connecting points that at that point, but we it was were. A- I cried. We were. That's right. That's okay. I- there we go. Told
0: the story about Quint and
1: that's the right monologue. Yeah. So it has that value to it. It's also one that lives in that classic ideology, but not one that I'm necessarily like, oh yeah, this is this is definitely one you got to watch. It definitely it does go on my summer watch list for sure as a you know a, a late summer early summer watch, but it's not one that I gravitate towards. Like I got to watch Jaws this year, whereas a Twelve Angry Men has so much about it in terms of filmmaking in terms of dialogue this is like pre and sorkin that right i also somebody i
0: feel like needs to be on the list uh oh, yeah, keep going. Sure. yeah. <laughs>
1: so if i'm gonna make the argument i'm okay. gonna probably go 12 angry men
0: i'm good with that because yes for a bunch of reasons but i agree with you and i think that it also solves a little bit of the problem of anybody going well can you really call Jaws a classic if it was the middle of the 70s or late 70s? Like, that's not really classic, man. Whatever. You can't say that about 12 Angry Men. So I think it is a good representative to have of a list that is definitely going to skew way more modern everywhere else. Like, none of these other categories, we are looking back to those movies to fill, period. And it's just not happening for us collectively. So I think it feels fair to me to put something that old in it to be our representative so i am good with that we will go 12 angry men jaws you've lost again we'll see how long this keeps up all right next is sports <laughs> another really easy one to choose with no uh possible options <laughs> we can make a top 15 out of like different sports literally <laughs> and still have to argue about it so I tried to narrow this down, Patrick, and I narrowed down my short list, and my long list is just gigantic, but my short list I narrowed down to Miracle, Warrior, Rush, Creed, Rounders, and Friday Night Lights. Now, I know of at least one or two editions that you will have, so why don't you add those to them, and then we can start knocking stuff off. So I had four. I had all four of those, and I also
1: added Rocky because what I was trying to do is I'm I'm putting Moneyball in there as well in terms of just great baseball and again great great dialogue and everything. What I was trying to do to keep my list from being insane is to pick major sports or movies that represented different sports. Like I didn't want all baseball movies or all I didn't want more, you know fifteen Rockies. Although Rocky and Rocky Babo would be kind of a one and one A for me in terms of like what's the best Rocky movie. I didn't put Creed on there because I knew that you would put it there, and because it lives in the Rocky verse, it's a fantastic, and I think it will be a fantastic trilogy when Creed three comes out. Uh, just as a side note, I I love the fact that one Michael B Jordan's directing. I also love the fact that it feels completely separate from the Rocky verse. Like there is no shadow of Rocky Balboa in this. Whereas one and two, we're transitioning that away. I'm hoping we don't get Stallone coming back. I think he's fine as Tulsa King right now. I don't think he needs to come back in his, in his definitive role. I think this is a completely independent Creed movie. That being said, the Creed verse only exists because Rocky does. And so there is a level of subordinates there that I just couldn't put it in that. And I also knew that you'd pick. So I think Rocky and Creed are going to cancel each other out. I'm totally fine with that. But I wanted to have great representation of other sports. And I'll tell you, it doesn't surprise me that Warrior and Miracle sit on this because they both make me cry. Warrior makes me cry every time I watch. I don't cry a lot in movies. Um, I'm not the, the, the emotional one of the two of us. And I say that very positively. I just say that I'm the stoic, even with my family, my wife. I think she gets frustrated that I'm very stoic and that there are a few things that make me cry. Warrior makes me cry. Miracle makes me cheer. Rush makes me like go, like I want to just scream and and get crazy. And then Rounders and Moneyball just make me happy. I absolutely think Edward Norton is being Edward Norton in Moneyball as Wayne. (laughs) And we talked about him and the Glass Onion that he is... Not normal in any of the roles that he plays. This is absolutely one of them. Completely selfish. Always out for himself. (laughs) Which is something that we just see in, in all of his, mostly all of his performances. And then Moneyball is such a great adaptation of an economic book. And we had the blind side that I think was good. But I think Moneyball is the more sophisticated of those adaptations that make it just really, really interesting. In terms of not only being a fantastic um economic movie about numbers and thinking and all that stuff and about sabermetrics but it's it's a great sports movie without having a lot of like action sports to it so i think that's what it makes my list in terms of being a different kind of sports movie
0: yeah yeah it's this is hard did you did you say you did or didn't have friday night lights on yours i didn't because
1: i i honestly wasn't thinking about it in that regard and i know that's terrible because it's no. it's five star i think it's complete i mean i think it's it's a wonderful life for me i had maybe a, a blank spot i think these others really shine a lot brighter for me in terms of sports movies warrior in particular miracle in particular these are i can fall in love i fall in love with friday night lights for different reasons that i have fall in love with warrior miracle i think about yeah. our mantra i think about how movies make us feel. And those two movies particularly are the ones
0: that really make me feel deep whenever I watch them. Well, and we, as much as we love the movie, we love the series a little more. And the argument would only be in my you know, opinion would be like, if we were picking the movie, it would essentially be standing in for the movie in the series, which is not really sure. fair, but like, that would be the argument. I coach Taylor. I'm totally fine with Miracle Warrior. I mean, we know this. I'm a Gavin O'Connor fanboy, so. Anything by Gavin O'Connor is fair because they're all like five stars to me. I just think that he's phenomenal when it comes to this genre. I agree with you. Creed and Rocky basically have to essentially knock each other out, pun intended, because they're just too hard to distinguish at this point. And that is it is what it is. Um, So between Miracle and Warrior... Man, (laughs) this is dumb. I I yeah, listen. I yeah, I'm with you. I guess it kind of comes down to which do we value even the slightest bit more: the family drama and story of reconciliation, and victory. Of course, they're both going to include victories of some sort, or the national even taking like USA out of it, but like a sense of pride in the team and because they're different, right? One, the combat sport is a, an individual situation and the miracle is a historical event that is gripping for an entire country that, that goes beyond just what happens on the ice. It's meaning and its impact with regards to relations with the country that we are beating and such. and. And actually doesn't resolve in a, an ultimate victory. I, listen, I I vote Warrior, okay? I As an emotional guy, like you just pointed out, Warrior is the one that destroys me every single time and is one of the absolute all-time favorite ending shots to any movie that I've ever seen in my life when they're walking out of the arena together. I just, the depiction of Brotherhood is so incredibly strong in this movie and it is just a pitch perfect sports movie to take a flipping teacher (laughs) and then to take this former military guy and and the setup is just it's too perfect like i i vote warrior that's my vote
1: okay this is difficult um i know you're right I think if I pick between the two in terms of which one gets me more emotional, there's always a particular moment in Miracle Again that gets me. That gets me. Again. And it's it's not that one. And it's Again. Not, the name oh. on the, the name on the front means a hell of a not more than the name on the back. That's not That's it either. True. It's it's the moment that we get Al Michaels in his original voice doing the absolute amazing thing of like, Do you believe in miracles? Yes I do. I do, Al. And the fact is, I don't see Ted Lasso giving a speech inspired by Warrior. Okay. (laughs) I see Ted Lasso as believing. That being said, that being said, that being said, every time I watch Warrior, I always cry. I don't always cry in Miracle. I get emotional, but I don't always cry. And so I'm willing to concede that Warrior should be our sports movie collectively here at Feel and Film.
0: Okay, so here we are like reluctantly picking our 15 favorite movies. Uh, this, this, is, <laughs> this is disgusting, and we're never doing this yeah. again. This is this is one-time shot type of thing. Well, Maybe like 30 years down the road when we're on our deathbeds and we've seen 30 years worth of additional movies, we can come back. But for now, okay, we're going with Warrior. We're going to move on. We've still got so many to do we're like two thirds of the way through okay action adventure good and some of these are going to be a little smaller but this one is the big 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 daddy that is left so there are so many movies in here that I would be content with maybe that makes it easier in some regard because I mean I don't know how to whittle them out I mean I some that I've written down Patrick I have Jaws uh here as well But I have, and I think Jaws fits a little less here, honestly. But I have Gladiator. I have Top Gun Maverick. I have Ready Player One. I have two Indiana Jones movies The Last Crusade and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I have Fast Five, which kind of feels essential at some point. And then I have Jurassic Park, obviously, as well. I mean, and this was like significantly trying to narrow it down just to a smaller group, I feel like it could get, it could balloon because this encompasses so many movies. But I felt like that group was pretty representative of us both combined. Would you add anything to that?
1: So, yes. I would put National Treasure there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although the sequel is good too. And so I think those sort of cancel each other out in terms of being like, yeah, that's a great pair. And so by that definition, I kind of have to let it go. I picked Raiders. I also picked Empire Strikes Back because I thought it's a great, you know, it's not, um, it's one of the movies that you know, would be sci-fi, but it's also action adventure because again, it's space opera. It's, it feels more action adventure than anything else because I think for the most part, it's living in the same world as Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, the same era of the the 80s which was another one of mine so what i did was i made sure that indiana jones and star wars as a property are going to have great action adventure stories so what do i pick from in terms of being like standalone adventures i think raiders stands above empire because it doesn't require a previous or a next entry to feel complete it's a whole story and that's what i think just as a side note the adventures of indiana jones are great in that you don't need them to be connective, you can have as bad as this was the kingdom of the crystal skull without necessarily knowing what happened in temple of doom or the last crusade it's nice to have those little in pieces but i think dial of destiny is going to live back in the raiders of the lost ark kind of way where you're not thinking about okay where's his dad or what's happening here do they know what's happening with the ark no it's just there it is but i think of the three that we have I think we talked about, we did an Indiana Jones trilogy for one of We our, did all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did. And yeah, of the three, Raiders is is probably the strongest because it tells that complete story. Plus, I mean, every movie that's any action adventure has to have some dude's face melting near the end to really get <laughs> yeah. the exclamation point. Its influence
0: so, lives on.
1: It actually, yeah, absolutely is. So Empire's there. Gladiator is one I didn't have on my list, but I'm completely willing to, to entertain uh, ready Player One did make my list, and so did Jurassic Park. But I know Jurassic Park's been, you know, semi-eliminated because we've moved it. Uh, we have it kind
0: of selected for uh, you. Just for said blockbuster. you were ready to entertain Gladiator. You didn't even yeah. make the pun. What? What I is didn't make wrong? It did, is it too I, late? It's too late. We've been going too long. Just like, <laughs> it's just, it's what is wrong late. with it's you? too
1: long. I don't know. I just yeah. The puns were not flowing as fast as they were for you.
0: <laughs> sorry. So you said. Obviously, yes to Jurassic Park being on there.
1: Yes. Or, but I, we took but Jurassic Park. Oh, we already used Jurassic we Park. Took, oh, my. Yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it was taken in Blockbuster. So what, of the what about Fast that Five? I feel- <sighs> Fast Five was actually a contender for Blockbuster because it's big, because of the, the chase scene that you cannot mm-hmm. recreate in any right. way, shape, or form, nor should you. I didn't put it here because I don't consider the Fast Five movies as action-adventure. I consider them as all big Blockbusters.
0: Okay, uh, let me do we need a Fast and Furious movie on the
1: list? I don't think we do because we love The Seven and I think again because these of these movies yeah. because of the fact that the first four are there the next two are there or the yeah the next two are there you have to take it as a franchise. You can't just pick one and say, "Yep, that's the okay. that's the movie." Then let's knock that
0: off. So we can we can knock we got- out Fast 5. We can knock out Last Crusade. We have Raiders of the Lost Ark, still there. I threw in Gladiator. What else did you have on yours? Oh, you said National Treasure. I, I had National Treasure,
1: which again I can eliminate because again the the two films themselves I think are what make the franchise. Right. And then uh, I had Raiders, Empire, Gladiator, and Ready Player One.
0: Okay, so we both had Ready Player One. Okay, so I'm I want Raiders. I'm I'm much more comfortable putting in I mean there's a lot of ways you could define action adventure and make it work for various movies. I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is synonymous with action adventure and as the resident obsessive treasure hunting exploration type of style of movie uh and and property in general. And honestly both of us with our now shared love of Uncharted I mean, I think it's great to have something on here that speaks to that part of what we like about media stories in general. And putting Raiders there would accomplish that. So,
1: yeah, I agree. And if it came down, because I look at Ready Player One and that feels very sci fi, it feels very kind of a blockbustery, that's big and it's technical. When I think action adventure, I think when I think of adventure specifically, I think of Uncharted Waters, both video game specific and all over the place. And Indiana Jones as a as a character is that. Like he doesn't stay home. And uh when I think about Ready Player One, it's very localized. I mean, yes, you're in a virtual world and so you can have an adventure, but Empire excuse me, Raiders feels more definitive as that adventure part of action adventure.
0: Okay. So here's the next category. We'll go with Raiders in action adventure. And that gives us next up rom-com. Now, (laughs) why are you laughing (laughs) already? Let me go read (laughs) anything else. Sorry. I put rom-com and I think my intention was romance centered more than strictly rom-com. And so I just want to make sure we have like a little bit of leeway here. If we don't want to go with something that is strictly called a rom-com, I can even rename this before I post it if I have to, but it doesn't have to necessarily fall perfectly traditionally in there. So the movies that I have listed, and I went pretty light on this that I felt like were strictly like my top top tippy top consideration for this would be when Harry met Sally and then arguably my number one, if we don't count princess bride here would be crazy, stupid love. And then if we are centering it more in a romance general way, the princess bride would qualify and it would be hard not to choose that. So a part of this will come down to how we want to define this category, because if we, com- if we are defining it as a strictly a rom-com, then I'm leaning to either When Harry Met Sally or Crazy Stupid Love, both of which are obviously decades apart and depict incredibly different types of romantic comedy stories, but are equally perfect for their specific time period and capture what a rom-com was during that specific era better than any other thing that was come out. Uh, in competition with them, so I don't know what. What do you think about this category in general? Well, when I think of it, I think of it
1: traditional. I think of it as singular people who are struggling to get together by some quirky means, and so that includes things like, um, uh, what was it? Um, you've got When Harry Met Sally. You've got Crazy Stupid Love. Um, but then you have the more kind of adjacent romantic comedies that are more communal, so you have and these are not on my list. I'm just as examples, so you have like New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, those sort of corporate ones, love, actually, you know those types of things uh where love really is all around us um but then you have like the wedding singer, uh more casual romantic comedies where the love interest is not the thing it's sort of the thing that is involved as a subplot, or at least not as a strong one. And I wish I knew what your uh, rom-com showdown was. Oh, hold on. R- Rotten Tomatoes, Crown, The Princess Bride, The Ultimate Romantic Comedy. Okay. I mean, I guess people can be wrong. I mean, we all are at some point. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, she's all that, never been kissed. Um, Just things like that, I think are more, Definable as romantic comedy, so I lean more in towards in towards the individuals. So the three, and there were only three that top my list. Two were When Harry Met Sally, and Crazy Stupid Love. The third one was Ten Things I Hate About You, which is going to be one that I will watch every spring or every one because it's a movie that takes place in high school. I mean, it's just what it is. You know, always have a soft spot for that whatever the genre is but here's what i'm gonna do when harry met sally is probably one of the most well-written romantic comedies and it's it's messy it's slightly messy like you have this relationship that extends in over years and years and years with these, these two individuals and it's all sort of hinged on this idea that men and women can't just be friends and They're basically doing that for 90% of the movie. I love Billy Crystal in this. I love just how he does his comedy, you know, my peppers and paprikash, you know, and all those types of things. And I think, you know, Meg Ryan is, is great in it. I think her chemistry works the best, though, with Tom Hanks. And so I will put that as second to Crazy Stupid Love because... If you want to talk about a messy movie in terms of being a beautiful mess, not in terms of how it was done or all the problems, but a movie that starts out with a married couple who've been together for years at a dinner table and they both say two opposite things at the same time at dinner when they're both thinking, I think we should get more bread, and someone says, I think we should get a divorce. That opening sequence is absolutely amazing, where Steve Carell basically throws himself (laughs) out the door. His relationship with Ryan Gosling is fantastic. The Velcro. I mean, there are so many memorable parts of Crazy Stupid Love that by the end of the movie, you're wanting this couple to reconcile and get back together. And what makes it great is, spoiler alert, we don't know. We see that they have reconciled as friends, for sure, that they're cordial. But have they gotten back together? We don't see that. So it's not a bow at the end of the movie. Whereas with When Harry Met Sally, you've got all this tension for 90 plus minutes, and then New Year's Eve, yes, we finally do. And that's great. But I think for modern folks like us, I think for our taste, Crazy Stupid Love, I think is what would define what you and I would say is the best romantic comedy in terms of the individuals trying to get together
0: i mean i agree a hundred percent like if i had to pick between those two i would without feeling like i was killing my children like i have sometimes before would be leaning toward crazy stupid love so i'm good with that i'm nervous (laughs) and and i want to get the princess bride on this list so uh but yes i I think you're right. I think we'll leave it. I mean, I put that on there as a category for a reason, because I knew that it's a style of movie. And it's, it's an interesting one, Patrick, because I also knew that there weren't a ton of five star rom-coms for me and both for you. There are a huge amount of like four star rom-coms for us. It's just such a comfort genre that we love to go back to. And there's plenty of them that we could pick out little faults in that are maybe not all time all time favorites but that we could plop on at any time and rewatch and completely enjoy right and so that's kind of why i put this on here as a genre and i and i think you're right i think we should stick to that and we should keep it in line with the, the normal genre expectations and crazy stupid love is a completely worthy and honorable thing to put on this list that is there for both of us. And we did an episode on it, like most of these, that you people you can go back and listen to. It was one of our, I really enjoyed that one. I, I remember distinctly how good that episode turned out. So, okay, Crazy Stupid Love, it is. That brings us to comedy. Which, in addition to everything else that I've mentioned this entire podcast that could be considered comedy, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it. I it's going to come down to two things for me and I'm hoping that you're okay with that. So now that the princess bride is still up there on the board and has not been slotted anywhere, I'm going to say the princess bride or the one thing I had written down in this category that I was going to fight for, which was groundhog day. Uh, And so those are what I would say are my top two in a genre that I am notoriously light for picks in <laughs> and patrick is not like for picks in so
1: and, and again this is this is like the 80s category i have to i have like 30 or 40 but i picked three that were i would assume on your list two of the three made the list one did not which surprised me so i had groundhog day
0: i also would have put christmas vacation but i was thinking of it as a christmas movie
1: sure and subconsciously we throw those out for some reason. Maybe that should be a Christmas cat Christmas category. We could probably add a third one, you know. Best Christmas movie ever. And that would just come down to several. Uh <laughs> that we probably wouldn't be able to agree on. Um, so Groundhog Day was one, The Princess Bride was another. The third one was Pitch Perfect. This is a movie that I yeah, find I'm missing that. I uh I think it's as much as you love Anna Kendrick, this is one that I think stands above i think any other of its sequels obviously the the casting is fantastic it's at the height of the the acapella craze and acapella has become like chick-fil-a to me again i'm just gonna throw that out there in terms of just being i can only take so much but i can always revisit pitch perfect because it's hilarious it's got tons of funny lines in it it's very unapologetic about the culture that it lives in even though i know some things would not fly today like fat shaming and and whatnot but it's got benji and you just you can't say any a, a bad thing about benji the magician who makes it to be a part of this group that eventually leads to um a fantastic finale i think we were talking connecting points i think that was your connecting point for me it was the it was the, the the sing-off at the pool i never can remember what it's called so great but i look at that and i go it's a phenomenal one to watch but what do we do with those other two because ground i know Day, it's I won't say it doesn't hold a candle to Groundhog Day for me, because it's it's up there. It's why it's in that three. But if I'm going to go back to a movie, it's going to be either Groundhog Day or Princess Bride. What I'm going to do is I'm going to concede, because I think Princess Bride needs to be on this list. And I think this is probably the last stop in the train station for it to be able to, <laughs> to make to make its way on. So I'm going to go with, let's do Princess Bride for this.
0: Okay. <laughs> Why does it hurt me when I'm picking my number two movie of all time? Why am I in pain? This is so dumb. What a who came up with this exercise? I, <laughs> I'm idiot. Some idiot, I'm just right now. Bumper and Donald <laughs> getting it. Uh, oh my goodness. I blah, blah, blah. Yes. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I will feel better looking back at this. Divorced from the process. I will 10 years or 5 years down the road when we when I look at the list and and the movies that are there I will feel better about Princess bride being on the list than I would if I talk myself into something else at this moment. So, yeah, thank you. Agreed. Let's do that. Okay. Uh drama, last named genre before we hit our two wildcard spots. And this was a late addition that I had somehow kind of overlooked and as I was you know, going through the list that I had of movies, I was like, man, I have a lot of films that I want to put somewhere that don't really necessarily fit anywhere. And so I have quite a eclectic group of movies that I just wrote down to potentially fill this spot. And I think they could also go into a wild card. So not all of them maybe are perfectly dramatic in the way that people might think of drama but here are some of the ones that i wrote down for this so dead poets society was something i put here Uh, i also put down memento Uh, i put down the prestige put down chef i put down uncut gems I put down the social network, which was actually the impetus for me deciding this category, to be honest, was I wanted Sorkin. And I was like, how do we find somewhere for the social network? And there was literally nowhere else to put it. (laughs) And so I was like, Patrick, can we create a category? And that was the reason, just so you know. (laughs) Uh, Actually, it was two. It was was the social network and the Shawshank Redemption. I was like, I don't know where else these things go. So can we just like create a reason for them to exist? Uh, I threw Little Women in there, Greta Gerwig's uh, recent movie. I'd probably quickly bounce off that one, but we loved it so much. Uh, A Few Good Men, which we just covered recently, I put into this group as well. And then I threw Whiplash in there, uh, which I'm willing to also kind of let go pretty quickly because we got La La Land. So we have some Damien Chazelle in here. And that's part of manipulating this list to me is not duplicating too many directors if possible. I, did you have time to even come up with some picks? Because I threw this on you, I think, today.
1: Uh, y- no, I mean, I had I, I put I put the Shawshank Redemption on there only because it was our unicorn for like so many years. We would be like, all right, well, we don't have a movie for February 15th. Let's go ahead and put Shawshank Redemption in like two days before we record. We're like, hey, this movie just came out. Let's do that. And so we keep pushing it. And the, the, the onus was like, wait a minute. Why is Shawshank Redemption not on your list after like three or four years of recording. when it's a like favorite of yours. So that was the obvious one. Whiplash was another one. This was a, um, a movie that I think two years ago or three years ago, I decided to try to start going through movies that I'd not seen yet. So whiplash was one of them. Her was another one. And I remember really, really loving whiplash and, and feeling albeit very late to the party, the impact of the performances in that movie. And just like, wow. Um, the, the bullying and the the real sense of bullying for, uh, for power and for perfection and for excellence. And it really articulates that. But then I think about what you mentioned, the social network and a few good men. And I don't, when I look at the list like this, we're building, I think it would be unfair or (laughs) dishonest for us not to pick or have some influential picks based off of directors that we like, because you mentioned we have a Cameron, or we have a uh, we have a we have a Christopher Nolan, we got a Damien Chazelle, and I think it would be wise for us to put a Sorkin movie on here because we are defined not just by the movies, but by the creators, by the writers, by the directors. And so, of these great movies, Shawshank, oh my gosh, the, this is how I feel like you did with Princess Bride, of like to say that Shawshank is not on this list at all is a hard thing to do. Although I know we have wild cards, and so it could could make that cut. I feel like for drama, the intensity, you have two movies, The Social Network and A Few Good Men, that exemplify the intensity through script writing and through storytelling in those. And I think Aaron Sorkin's the reason why. So if we had to fight for two, or for one of two, I'm going to go with the two Sorkin-driven ones, Social Network
0: and A Few Good Men. Well, it's late, and we've been doing this for a while and I'm not feeling quite as frisky. And like I said, right just there when I was reading my list, I got to read the list and I'm happy with that. The reason for creating this extra category late in their planning was because of the social network. And I, I think that we need to put it here as much as I love a few good men, you know, the social network is higher in my all time top list of movies and i know it is in yours as well and i agree with you 100 percent. like we are sorkin guys we are christopher nolan guys like we have a handful of these directors that we both really gravitate to and i want to know that they are represented as well and the social network ticks all of the boxes possible for us so let's put it there do it let's got it got it All right, so that takes us to our final two picks, wild cards. Is there anything you are super passionate about that we've discussed so far that you feel like has gotten a raw deal and deserves one of these spots? Like one movie, Groundhog Day and Miracle, are two.
1: Those are two. Not that I need both Give of them. I'm just saying. That those are He's two.
0: like, these are two movies.
1: One, one job. <laughs> I'm just taking my literally. cues from you. Let's do a top five list, okay? Here's my top fifteen.
0: It's been yeah. a while since I. Because <laughs> we haven't done it, that's
1: why. That's given, true. Given the opportunity, you'd be like, yeah. I mean, top five. Yeah, you Twenty five. it has no, five in it. <laughs> when I when I so when I have two that we when the one of the ones that we've discussed the, the two that stand out are Groundhog Day and Miracle. But, um, and I'm willing to forego Batman v Superman because again, I know that Yep. it it has to feel like both as deeply as we feel. I mean, it could be the honorable mention. We already know it started the podcast, but, and that's powerful, but it has to be a part of a list that we feel like, yes, we can endorse the movie itself, not for I what agree. it means to us. The ones that we, but I did have some on the list that are not, have not been mentioned. And okay, part, part of those, part of it those are two in the horror genre that I knew we wouldn't put as a as a genre because of my history with it. But The Shining and Cabin in the Woods were two movies that stand out to me as being really fantastic in that genre, but because they're not there is no genre for that, or category for that, they would fit in the wild cards. However, the movies that we have discussed really do sort of amplify a little bit so I'm I'm sort of torn and uh I don't really know what I want to do. What about you?
0: I yi I yi I I don't know. I mean I everything on my list I like. <laughs> uh, uh actually had Shining in my pre nineteen eighty group I think. Was that or maybe it was my nineteen eighties. When did it come out? I had it on one of these stinking lists and I can't find it. But I didn't mention it for some reason. I I was going to bat for the prestige. I the I guess Ooh, the argument yeah. would be against two Nolans versus more variety. I do like the idea of a horror movie on there for variety purposes. And these are both in my like top 100, so it's not like I don't love those that you listed. It would be interesting to do that. I, I would probably lean towards. <laughs> this is so hard, man. Oh, this is so
1: hard. So, he, I'll I'll try to make it a little. Bit I mean, impious, I still want but... Titanic,
0: but <laughs>
1: still... do we have Titanic? Don't we? No, no, we, we, uh, no, we don't. For, that's right. We we omitted You it said for... it
0: wasn't. Your heart did not go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's you why kicked why you it off, off the, the board, Patrick, and made it you drown you in it the, off the freezing I kicked cold it off waters. The...
1: Bill Paxton's going to look for it years <laughs> later.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you this. If you give me Titanic, I will straight up let you pick the other one. Deal. Okay, easy. <laughs> all right. Now it's all on you. Groundhog Day, straight up. I'll take it. I mean, I've already right. agreed, but I'm happy with it. So that's yeah, <laughs> outstanding. And I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my argument just even though because okay, yeah, please it, do. But
1: so I I look at miracle. We've got a Gavin O'Connor, so we don't we don't need another Gavin there. And and this is something that I'm discovering as we discuss this is that I think part of what makes this list so great is that we want to have variety not only of movies but of creators. So we want to have representation. Can't be all Nolan's. Can't be all Camerons. Can't be all Sorkins. Can't be all Connors. So we've got that, even though it's hard to pick because we love so many of their creative uh, projects. The Shining and Cabin in the Woods are are great picks, but they're not ones that I will go back to endlessly because they're not accessible as accessible as a as Groundhog Day. So when I look at Groundhog Day, I think this is one that I remember us having an amazing conversation about that. It is sci-fi. It is drama. It is comedy. All wrapped up in this goofy movie, with Bill Murray doing such an amazing job at his his acting job. This is like classic Bill Murray. This is like that subtle kind of goofy face, post stripes in the Ghostbusters era. The the Bill Murray that I like a lot, and I like him in his later his later works. I, I love seeing him. In in other movies, as recently as the you know the odds and the and the 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 two thousand (laughs) tweens, but this is the Bill Murray that I like, and I like seeing him in a subtle comedic role. This is one of those movies that I think defines an actor who is naturally just sort of goofy doing something dramatic, and I think that like Will Ferrell does this with Stranger Than Fiction. I think that it's like Jim Carrey doing this with The Truman Show. You have the more subtle version of these comedic actors. Um, and while I think Bill Murray has more of that, I think he leans more into the subtle comedy. This, I think, really defines him in terms of like a really complete performance. I mean, this could almost be a romantic comedy as well. So it, It's also it's sci-fi. Sort of, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it takes it, a lot it, of boxes. It sits in... It does take a lot of boxes, and I think because of that and because it does it so subtly, I think it deserves to be the other the other wild card.
0: I'm totally happy with that. I mean, like I said, it was my okay. only one written down in comedy. So I it's my favorite, like, true, straight kind of comedy that you would think of um, in a genre that I don't have as much love for. So I can't go wrong there. The one thing that we don't have on our list anywhere, and I didn't even write any down because I didn't think they would get through, is we didn't do like a war movie category and I sort of ignored that on purpose because I don't think we've covered a lot together and it's not necessarily that you don't even like some of them. It's just that we haven't really talked about any yet. And so, yeah, they don't
1: gravitate. I don't gravitate towards them as much as you do. I don't have Mm -hmm. as deep of a connection. The ones that we have covered and we have watched have been good, but war movies have to be of a certain persuasion for me to really get into. I think, they're not as dis. There's not as distant as like, um, Uber Fantasy and um, and like World of Warcraft fantasy, type yeah. stuff. High fantasy stuff. It's not like that, but there definitely has to be some personal element to it. So I can see Gettysburg because it's I mean it's big. It's not right. great, but it's but it's a good. I mean it's long, uh, but I can also enjoy Glory and uh, Black Hawk Down was really good. Yeah, uh, that's so the one. Yeah, these are movies that I think you would have to pick knowing me to say let's talk about this and i would mm-hmm. uh, maybe i'll I, I never there yeah there there are never movies that i've that you've picked that you said let's watch this and i've been like no this was a dumpster fire but um but they're they're war movies are not ones that i naturally am, like seeking out so maybe
0: that's actually a fun idea for later like if we ever wanted to do like an augment to the list we could add like a horror and a war movie, Mm -hmm. we could add a couple of genres that we haven't done. And even like a, you know, maybe we pick like three new genres and a couple extra wild cards or something versus like redoing the whole thing. That could be fun, but uh, this has been a long show. So (laughs) let me recap the final list before we say goodbye. Our official feel film favorites that define us are 15 movies that we came up with are interstellar, la la land the lion king back to the future jurassic park spider-man into the spider-verse 12 angry men warrior sing street raiders of the lost ark crazy stupid love the princess bride the social network titanic and groundhog day content with that oh
1: uber content until next week when yeah. I have problems with one of them. <laughs> or you wake up tomorrow <laughs> no, this morning is, and you're like, "Dad,
0: gummit <laughs> yep. it." <I've got> regrets.
1: <laughs> no, this was good. I, I think every one of these would be worthy of promotion. Like in terms of uh, maybe later this year, the, in 2023, I'll put together a graphic or maybe an article that says, look, this is what defines us and, and we can just kind of show yeah. that as a as a, absolutely uh, that would be very cool I don't
0: want to put it out until after people have a chance to listen to the episode but it would be a great way to sure. follow up the episode later on with that and even I might do a blog post or maybe I'll come back later in episode and update the show notes with the links to each of our episodes on these movies yeah, I think we've covered them all I just don't want to do it right away because except be La La Land up. except La La Land well I guess we need to rectify that so let yes. me look at our cl- I'll get that in early this year uh, okay <laughs> Before the Oscars, before I have to relive the pain again every year of the mistake. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for doing this. This went so much longer than I expected, but I had a blast. This was a lot of fun. Uh, Listeners, thank you for sticking with us. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you have and you like this kind of extra kind of content from us, please let us know. So we will be aware if this is something you want us to do more of. Otherwise... Please also share us on social media, like everything, follow us, come chat with us in the Feelin' Film Facebook group, all the normal reminders that we usually make. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We appreciate that stuff so much. And check out the Now Playing Network as well that we are now a part of. We will be back very soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling Filming.